Welcome, everyone, to the Sickos Committee Podcast. This is our podcast for the evening of May 21st, 2023. Hope everyone's having a good weekend. We have a group of people here who have had the Sunday, Sundayest ass Sundays that ever Sundayed. We're going to be here and sort of shaking that off out of our system. You guys get to join us for this group therapy. Congratulations. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Scary, scary, scary. Who, who, like, I remember a point in my life where I was like, I can go out like on a Sunday night and go see like a movie on like a Sunday at six or Sunday at seven. I'd be fine. And now it's like, oh God, I can't No Sunday. I can't do that. In my old college days, the first rage night was Friday. Second rage night was Saturday. Third rage night was Wednesday. Fourth rage night was Thursday. Fifth rage night was Sunday. Sixth was Monday. Seventh was Tuesday. So you can get five rages a week. Get Sunday in there. Wait, like, wait, that was not okay, a normal. This, this is just like all out. Of, are you ranking like power ranking them? I'm confused yeah. why Wednesday were... is above Thursday in the order of operation. Uh, Thursday, Thursday should be third. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, no. Wednesdays were our uh, fraternity meeting nights. Uh, okay. okay. All right. So, so it was so Friday, Saturday, Wednesday, Thursday, Sunday, t- Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday was the weirdest rage night. At some point in my life, like Sunday was the fifth rage night. I could do that. <laughs> That was only five nights of rage a week. Yeah, I think for me, I don't think we did much on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, we actually maybe went to class. Uh, mm-hmm. Not not much, but sometimes. But it, Wednesday was Penny Pictures. Thursday was Thirsty Thursday. Uh, we mm-hmm. shout out to the Honky Tonk in Monroe, Louisiana, if anybody knows that. It, it's still not there. Uh, I remember it went away for like a year and then it came back and it was called Honky Tonk 2000. But this was like in, <laughs> this was like in 2001, so it made no sense. No, it's uh, like everything at that point was named 2000. 2000. Windows 2000. <laughs> then Friday, Friday was weird in Monroe because it was, depends on if it was duck season or not. Because campus was a ghost town as soon as duck okay, season yeah, started. Yeah. They were just gone. And then a lot of people went home to their families. But if the people... You know, stayed in town Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday. We would do the Sunday night thing. The only thing about Monroe back in the day is you could not buy alcohol on Sundays. You can't like, buy alcohol on Sundays in Texas. Nothing. All you I could mean, get, all you could get, was beer and wine at restaurants. You couldn't even buy oh. it at at you could you could oh, buy beer. grocery stores. Okay, you could buy beer at grocery stores in Texas, but like you couldn't buy any liquor unless you would go mm. to the south side of Monroe, which was right across the street from a, a federal prison, uh, and, and go through the. the ambiance kids the, the drive through where you would you would be gouged for alcohol yeah. on that day yeah. but you know you, you would happily pay the extra five to ten bucks for you know the case of miller high life or whatever it would be or if you wanted a, a handle of, of vodka whatever you're paying the you're paying the prices because there were the sunday prices out of the out right outside of city limits how convenient well before we get too much further let me introduce everyone we got tonight as always, I'm Jordan. With me tonight, I got Kamish, resident squatters, pit girl, and Beth, <laughs> and also Pennsylvania that's in our walls and we can't get rid of, Danger. Danger, how are you? I am doing good. I am here because apparently there's been a lot of Penn State slander going on, and I'm here to defend the mantle of my wonderful alma mater that consistently asked me for money, even though I paid out of state tuition. I've been told that your stadium is shit. Would you like to reply to that? Erector set, 107,000 people, second biggest stadium in the Big Ten. Deal with it, get a chicken basket. I'm just saying that the definition of slander does include that it has to be untrue. That is true. Pick girl, how are you? I'm good. Happy Sunday. Beth? <laughs> it's been a day. It's been a day, y'all. 
I played two shows. I played alto flute in front of people for the first time, which Ooh. is also the third time I've ever played alto flute. So that Ooh. felt great. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I got shingles. It's been a day. <laughs> Say more about alto flute. Inquiring minds would like to know. So there is. Okay. So if you don't know, the way that woodwind doubling works on Broadway, first of all, every woodwind player plays many, many, many woodwinds. Jordan can attest to this. Uh, That's just the rule. Um, but I'm a bassoon player, paid. so I don't have to play a bunch of instruments. That's a nice thing. Only required to play right. one, usually. I'm playing uh, six reeds in this book. This is a classic, like somebody wanted to get the extra check because you get paid per reed that you play. You get doubling fees beyond a certain point. The alto flute is used as a duet with the reed one, who's also playing alto flute in one song in the whole show. <laughs> it is a classic, like, we would like our extra $40 per service, please. It's spectacular. So so what what is the read book? So it so I'm playing a Franken book. My book is alto flute, oboe, English horn, bassoon, and then berry sax. But you told me you're being a coward and not playing bassoon in public. This is correct. I'm coward. playing it on very sax. You coward. And there's clarinet. Sorry, I forgot about the clarinet. There's always clarinet. This is the secret of pit books. There's always clarinet. That you're willing to play oboe and English horn in public, but you're like, I can't do bassoon is hilarious to me, by the way. Because bassoon is such like the dumber version of those two instruments. <laughs> Listen, I just, you know, if you're willing to give me a summer of bassoon lessons, I will take my bassoon out in public. Done. Hey, I'm sold on that. I need to play again. Kamish, how are you, sir? I'm good. It's been a, a long weekend, a lot of driving, a lot of just nonstop parenting, and I'm tired, man. I'm, I'm here. I'm going to give it all my energy I got here tonight for the podcast. We got some fun stuff first off. Oh, for sure. I got to hear about your season-ending game. I saw medals. Oh, you, I saw. You did. Was there snacks involved, too? Did you bring snacks always, for everyone? Always snacks. Always um, snacks, of course. But, you know, as coach, I don't have to bring the snacks. I just do snack coordination. Okay. So I, you know, the parents stepped up their snack game and I don't have to worry about who's bringing what snacks anymore. And there was no list of anybody allergic to anything. So it made it really Ooh. easy uh, on the, the parents. My kiddo's favorite snacks of the year. So he, he had his, he had a fruit roll up. He did not know what that was until he opened it. We, we never gave him one, but yeah, he like was really excited by the fruit roll up. Another snack he was very thrilled about. Uh, was the one uh, from this game. It was a Rice Krispie treat, which it was different. It had like M&Ms in the Rice Krispie treat. He was just really like shocked and thrilled by the fact that they could stuff M&Ms in the Rice Krispie treat. So that was, I guess, like his celebratory. Food science has come so far. Champagne, you know, the champagne <laughs> celebration for the, the six-year-old kiddos was a Rice Krispie treat with M&Ms in it. I'm surprised you didn't have like, you know, bottles of club soda you're spraying on the kids. We were thinking about getting some of that Welch's well, sparkling grape juice yeah. to do that, uh, but I think they would have sprayed me, and I don't know how much the parents would really appreciate that. We abstained from that, and our last game was was I think it was about ninety three outside, so it was uh, it was real. I probably could have used the sparkling wine shower, but I'm sure I would have been quite sticky <laughs> and hot after that. So I, I'm glad we didn't go down that road. Before we go on to how the game went. I'd like to talk about, uh, I'd like to mention also a friend of the program, Alex McDaniel, at Alex McDaniel on Twitter. She said from this weekend, quote, week six of waking up before dawn for youth soccer in Northern Virginia, and I'm on teen snack duty. Apparently I didn't buy the right oranges. Sources close to me say, quote, at least you tried mom, quote, and I told you not to get the red Gatorade. Are you serious? <laughs> Second tweet. The other team snack mom rolled up with two Dunkin' boxes. No one said this was allowed. 
kids write about red Gatorade. Yeah, well, first off that, and also I guarantee you they weren't cuties. That's nope. always the problem. Because if you get those like Costco like fake cuties, they don't peel as well. And they have seeds sometimes. Yes. How did the game go? Last game of the year, I had some nerves. So I, I was like, you know, we're, we're defending an undefeated record in, in a league where nobody really takes score and, and, and keeps records. But yeah, uh, the, the kids I do. No, everyone kids won. do. The, the kids really do. And then they make mm-hmm. me do it because they ask me what the score is, which is funny because all the parents, like nobody, there's no official score, but these kids are like, they're tracking. They're like coming up to me with fingers. They have this, they have that. You know, I'm like, okay, we, we've never played this team. It's team turbo power versus the rascals. And I'm like, okay. Um, no, wait, hold up. You've played the Rascals before. No. no you got rain, you got rain out of the out. Rascals. This is the That's rain right, out game. I remember my Rascals jokes. That's I right. Brought, I have Rascals humor. That's right. Yes. Bring, bring it back. Bring those little Rascals jokes here. The game got off to a great start. Like, we just jumped out the gate, and I'm like, this is going to be like one of those walks in the park. We're up for nothing. This is, I mean, we are just crushing. They can't stop anything. And I'm like, this is the first quarter. We are up for nothing, and we are just taking it to the Rascals. And I'm like, well, this is just going to be a walk in the park. And I'm like, this is going to be like, like the one Great of those... Depression. You're taking it to the Rascals. <laughs> That's right. They, the Rascals definitely have their eye in the tailpipe. So they're, they're just <laughs> feeling the smoke of Team Turbo Power. I, I was really confused by the coach and their tactic along with the kids after we took the 4 nothing lead. Okay. The kids on the other team got upset that we kept scoring a lot. So they decided to all play goalie. Love it. Okay. Yes. Great. Great. Stop the bleed. I like this. So, so picture there's it's five on five, like five on five, five to six year old kids. Mm-hmm. And there's like four of their team just standing in the goal, blocking it. it. Yep. Love and it. it is just basically a firing line from team turbo power trying <laughs> to score and they just can't. So it's four, yes. nothing. Then what starts to happen, one peels off from the goal and then it's wide open the other way because everybody's trying to score. Mm-hmm. And then the counterattack starts hitting Team Turbo Oh, the counter. Power. Oh, no. I'm like, so I'm like, oh, my God, there's nobody back. And then the kids, because they were trying to score all the time, they're not running back fast enough <laughs> to get to the goal. And all of a sudden, it's 4-3. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> like, what's going on here? We need to do this. So halftime hits. Momentum swings galore here. It's 4-0 four, four after one. And now it's 4-3 and we're at halftime. So coach commissioners did you snap a did you snap a snap a clipboard over your knee? You know, really I, I blew the whistle like really, really hard. And yeah. I was like, hey, you gotta help your teammates out. Because there was like <laughs> yeah. one of yeah, there, coach. Was, there was one person back. I was like, you gotta get back on defense. And one looked it's at me and was like, okay, game, okay, kids. okay. A two-way game. It was a two-way game. So we were shorthanded since this game was actually canceled. We normally had like 10 kids. We only yep. had eight. So we didn't have enough subs. So I feel like, you know, the heat and everything's starting to get to everybody. So third quarter, completely scoreless. Nobody can score. Back and forth, back and forth, scoreless. I'm like, it's 4-3. I'm like, hey, am I going to lose my undefeated season here? This is ridiculous. They go down to only two people in goal. And <laughs> this is it's funny. So they drop down the That's two people in goal because they're trying to get the time goal. So there's only two yeah. kids in goal now. So they had three for this entire time. And we, we, we were... <laughs> defending as much as possible my kiddo i don't know how he did this but he kicked it off of another person's like like one of those hockey goals off the back of somebody oh he yeah kicked it off of the kid's back of their leg and it went in crossed it five three yeah. team turbo takes the lead and then from that point the other team realized like hey we need to score so they they you know kind of only left one person in goal and then we took the lead six three and that was it 
It was just, just as soon as we cracked, I, that's the ultimate parking the bus where you put the bus like literally in the goal. Parking the mega bus. <laughs> I was gonna say I have I have seen I have seen the U.S. men's national team do something very similar to this in some games. You have one zero, drop twelve back. I just love the idea of oops, all goalies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it was when I saw it happening, I was just like, and like the parents on the sideline when we're up four nothing. They're like, oh, here's another one. And then, like, you just missed it. There was a couple of, like, open goals we should have had, too, like, when there was running. And then we just kept missing it at the end. And I'm like, what are y'all doing? I was like, you just the nervousness of trying to finish the season. They pulled it off. The Invincibles. Team Turbo Power. I just find it, I find it fascinating that the Y decided to institute power plays mid-season in the <laughs> Soccer League. That's really awesome. I love the flexibility with the rules. It, it, it's great. Unbent, um, unbowed, and broken. That's right. We 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 did it. We had some help with VAR in one game. Team Turbo Power, the Invincibles of the YMCA, San Antonio League, five and six year olds. An amazing season. The parents loved it so much. One of the parents sent me forty dollars on Apple Pay. <laughs> you got tipped. I got tipped. You got tipped. I got tipped. Like for real. I was like, what? I was like, don't forget to rate your kid's soccer like, coach uh, five stars. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, like, look, look, you can see it. Jesus. She sent me 40 bucks. What? I was like, send me like $40 on Apple Pay. I mean, her son did improve a lot throughout the season. Like he was not really skilled, but they they said he took to it really well. And then at, towards the end of the year, he could dribble a little bit and he could put the ball on goal really well. So I don't know if I did coach something here, but it was a lot of fun. And, you know, they, they're still trying to get me into – coaching in the september october season but you know college football coach uh, coach commission wants to travel people are offering the co-coach with me i i got one lady trying to combine forces and another person sending me 40 dollars. I, I don't know where i gotta go here it's, it's tough i need your help now i'm just coach- now now i'm very much ready to to just go down there every every weekend this next september and be your coach beard and just show up no one knows who I am. I just show up with the clipboard and the cup of Powerade. Please be the get back coach. You'll have to go the whole sidelines and, and not trip over all the parents that are right there. Because hey, so coach Kamish, now that now that we're past the season and we're looking into the off season, uh, what are the recruiting improvements that you're looking to make to really prep uh, future soccer success? Well, you know, really, I, I need to find some more parents that are willing to uh, throw me some Apple Cash. That's what you uh, need. So I need I need a bigger signing bonus. Uh, I got a, I got a year end bonus. I got a year end bonus for going undefeated. So I feel like Randy Etzel a little bit here. Uh, so <laughs> def- definitely, except, except you went undefe- except you went undefeated. You also- I did go undefeated. Yes, yes, true. Uh, so you're also going to definitely oh. need some more money for NIL uh, and some more partnerships NIL, yes. from businesses for NIL. That's big business, even for six year olds. Six year olds, whatever you want to do, your local uh, trampoline place. If you want to advertise. With with Coach Kamish, uh, I'll wear some patches. I'll look like a NASCAR sponsor. We're talking about the Urban Air trampoline, uh, ground, I think it's ground control uh, trampoline. I almost said ground zero. That was bad. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I was like, who would name the trampoline place that? I was like, ground no, zero I'm, trampoline. Making, I, I'm making that. <laughs> the, uh, if you want to host your party, you go Jeff, to Pump It Up. Melt trampoline. Sir, a, tra- a second child has hit the trampoline. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gonna say you gotta leave that in. Oh my god! <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, 
Oh, I can't speak. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, <it was> good. <laughs> well, let's let me take the wheel. To, I don't know how to go yeah. just, forward. I don't know how just, to go forward. I, I'm just gonna take the wheel and just steer hard. Steer, steer out of this, please. Whoop! Steering column snapped. We're gonna talk about our favorite, one of our favorite bowls. Where, bowl where games. would you like to steer us? Let's talk about the Independence Bowl. Let's go to Shreveport. Yes. It sure has I'm sure transition. no trans, no, no trampoline parks that are <laughs> that are weirdly themed and or uh, not in compliance with several laws. I'm assuming. This was a BYU year for the Independence Bowl. BYU, uh, Independence Bowl has a bunch of tie-ins with independence. And so you end up with like these weird tie-ins. However, this year, because BYU is going to be in the Big 12, we're going to have a Big 12 and who's Pac-12. the other? Pac-12. Pac-12. So yeah, this is our mini Alamo Bowl. We yes. get a second Alamo Bowl, basically, which I'm super excited about. The Alamo with Texarkana. Yes. I, I really... Show me... Show me West Virginia and like in Wazoo. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. In Shreveport. Yes. Holy shit. <laughs> Boomtown Casino and Bozier sponsor the Independence Bowl. We got WVU and Wazoo. They have never played each other, and I would love for them to play each other in the Big Twelve versus Pac Twelve Independence Bowl. Shreveport seems like the right venue for that. Is it possible for Shreveport to be drunk dry? Because this might come close. It ain't gonna happen, but it would be close. Maybe like parts of Shreveport, but I I feel like Shreveport must have like a strategic stockpile of alcohol just in case, like Canada's maple syrup reserve. I mean, really, just you uh, know, I'll go to the water tower, flip the switch, and all of a sudden, you know, you need to remember about WVU. Like that's a BYO situation. That is true. Yeah, they're going to be buying from government stands. You can't get shine from government. This isn't how it goes. Just reading the little bit of article here. The Big 12 was a staple in our game for a long time, and our footprints match tremendously. They are a conference of great teams, rich tradition, and passionate fan bases. I mean, that's all true. This is also for 2025, by the way. Yeah. In 2024, they get West Point versus Pac-12. Also, there are backups between CUSA and Sunbelt Conference, so if Pac-12 can't fill their spots, there are backups. But this isn't, no, this isn't super high in the Pac-12, is it? No, it's low. I think the Pac-12 has made their then made this spot. Yeah, they, they normally fill it up. It'd be funny, like Army versus a Pac-12 team, which would be great in 2024. Uh, but this year, like Pac-12 and Big 12 in Shreveport, I mean, I, I just I, I'm just forecasting this. Let's say Colorado goes six and six. <laughs> oh my Co- god! You got Coach Prime. Oh my in god! Shreveport. Oh my god! Oh my goodness! Oh my god! Uh, by the say. way, since the Pac-12 has had this bowl, they have actually never sent anyone to this bowl. No. I lied. <laughs> No, they, they've been tied in, but somehow they can never fill the obligation. But when they do finally fulfill the obligation, they send Coach Prime. He'd fit right in with his F650. That's true. That truck, I, I like big trucks. And you cannot, and I cannot lie. lie. I cannot lie. <laughs> Whenever I go to the state fair, I like going into like the big auto pavilion and they have these trucks just open. And I've sat in one of those F400,000, 50s before. My, I told you, my first car was an F150. Like I was a truck kid. It was because my grandpa got one for someone who died, but whatever. I got the it. first I thing. It. I mean, my first car was a Chevy Suburban. I got you. Like these F whatevers, like sitting in the back seat, there's so much leg room. It's like sitting in first class. And just the idea of having that much space in a car and still having that much ass behind you is so crazy. Because like my F-150 was a, was a 97 F-150. It was a, it was a short cab, so just a bench seat, but it was the long ass bed. 
and it felt like driving a boat. Please and donate the, to our Patreon so Jordan can have his King Ranch. <laughs> God, I don't, I don't. Oh King my God, ranch. King's Ranch, plural, multiple. Okay. Do you want two, or is it, yeah. is it like King's Captain's ranch? General? Yeah, the Captain's General. I know. I want, I want several King's Ranch because you need to have one for work and one for show. I also want to say, also, this is our favorite, one of our favorite bowls because we had great sponsors such as Hulon Weed Eaters, Petro Sun Advocare, Duck hey, Commander. Hey, hey. This was the original hey, Camping Word Bowl. Hey, yeah. That's 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 Poulan. Poulin. 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 Yeah. Poulin Weed Eater. And Poulin is the... Wait, hold up. Wait, this is... Poulin is the name of a Swedish manufacturer, Hertzkvarna Abbe. Say that word again. Hertzkvarna? Husvarna. Husvarna. It's at Lowe's. Yeah, Come on, man. Have you not heard an advertisement containing that word? I'm a Home Depot guy. Oh, I can't. I can't support that. That's that's affiliated with the, the Atlanta Falcons owner, so... That is um, anti As a Saints fan, bias. I have to go. Yeah. I have to go with Lowe's as a Saints fan. I think that I'm I'm just very excited for the possibilities that the Big 12 Pac 12 matchup gives us in this bowl because the Alamo Bowl is one of the most fun bowls because it's always oops mm-hmm. all points. And this just feels like it'll be round two. We should have more of these. You know what's funny? Have- you know what's funny here is mm-hmm. since the Big 12 like expanded and they basically added four teams from the American, one of those four is gonna wind up here. Oh yeah, like Houston like, like, was there like, last year. Houston was there last like, year, right? Yeah, so like 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 Cincy or something or UCF winds mm-hmm. up in Shreveport. <laughs> True, Shreveport. We need Shreveport. to make a sticker. UCF Arizona State. Let's do it. UCF. Oh my god. Arizona State. Oh my Shreveport. god. UCF Arizona uh, State feels like crossing the streams. Oh my uh, god. I'm dropping this on Monday, and we'll talk about it on Tuesday. But shout out to UCF paintball champions. Oh. oh. Ooh. Okay. Uh, Arizona State won quad ball, but the D two. UTSA won D one quad ball. That's right. Trying to get co- trying to get commish to go uh, spend some time with their quad ball team and learn the game. I'd also like to now talk about the who. Yes. I didn't start this thread. This feels like a me thread, but it wasn't me. It was me. So go ahead. I've dropped some stuff in the chat, guys, so you guys can see if you didn't okay. see the Virginia Tech who. We started talking about Virginia. And like the upcoming... I said Virginia Tech. Holy shit, Virginia. Sorry, <laughs> my bad. Did I'm you say Virginia in. Tech? I said Virginia okay. Tech. The the who? Okay. Yeah, they're the same. If you close your eyes. So I, I went down Magnificent Seven. We, we you know we we we're doing the Magnificent Seven in Virginia, <laughs> and I, I got curious on like what they called their mascot and like the Cavalier. I was like, what is his name? And it, it's just Calf Man. <laughs> and so I'm like, really? His mascot is just Calf Man. And so I typed in like UVA mascot and then this popped up this, I don't even know what to call it, but I love it, him. It, it looks the like who? the combination. It looks like a combination of like the Philly it's fanatic gritty and, yeah. and gritty. It's gritty. And, and the Philly fanatic had a baby and it looked like Hubert and the little Menomina guy. Yes, he, yeah, exactly. Like a, mu- like, like a Muppet. Yeah. Pink Menomina guys are called snoths. I have a Muppet script book, and I was a very nerdy child. There you go. <laughs> was? How about Birdo from Mario Bros? See that? Yes, I'm yes. This is furry Birdo. Yes. Birdo. I can, I, again, I, I mean, the replies were just like, this is Qbert. This is uh, one of the, the fans of Who's Football was like, I'm pretty sure the Who didn't even make it to the end of the season. And unfortunately, that was, that was true. Uh, 1983, it did not make it far at all. And so... Me just finding this image of the mascot led us down this weird trail uh, that happened on Friday. Like now everybody's like, bring the who back. 
Back in 1983, according to Virginia Magazine, fans threw ice cubes at the Who, and fraternity brothers even removed the t- the mascot's tongue oh, um, no. because of because of fear of further violence. The Who, with a student inside, appeared briefly on the sidelines during the Navy game, September 10th, 1983. So that was the second game of the season, and they were done with the Who, like by wow. the second game of the season. When you're subjecting your mascot to Byzantine torture, things have gone awry. Yeah, I don't know. Like, were they going to castrate it next? Jesus Christ! Seriously. So, uh, our friends at at Quirky Research on Twitter basically found an article just just, just hating hating on this mascot, the Who, and the name of the article is "Hooting Down the Who." Uh, so you're <laughs> saying that whatever the reason, they're harder their shoes. They stood there on September 10th, hating the Who. Yes. <laughs> That was good. It was a long walk, but I'm not sad about it. No, that was that was good. I was hoping somebody could tie it together, but thank you, Beth. There was I kept trying to get a good Whoville joke in there. Yeah, Beth Beth led it that way. What the article says, and what of the who? The ill-fated creature, one of the few negative aspects of an unusually successful season, six and four with one game left. That included an upstate uh, upset of uh, 17-14 of North Carolina on Saturday is now only an unhappy memory. An editorial in the Cavalier Daily described it as a video game reject who tried out for Miss Pac-Man and didn't make the cut. Jesus. That's so mean. It, it called the Who a bastard child born out of the incestuous relationship between the athletic department and the cash register. Oh, what the fuck, I feel bad for the wow. Who. Like, this is... So, like, Gritty was controversial when he was launched, but I don't think anybody was this mean to him. If this came out now, he would be beloved. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I can hear like, the noise it... he makes in my head, too. Like, he makes the it's pingu like... newt noise. Oh, I was thinking more of a more of a um, a party make noisemaker. Because yeah. I assume the tongue does that, too. Mm. Like in my a, head, he's yeah, just an automaton. <laughs> yeah i'd also like to draw your attention to a picture that it looks like the last one i dropped it's the what which was the virginia by the way the virginia virginia had a scatter band for a long time which is why this looks weird it sure did that is a scatter band twirler dresses a playboy bunny in heels on the field by the way go her and the what which was their flippered mascot with bloodshot eyes and a blue nose protecting the twirler from the who <laughs> there's that, a lot going on here the w on the what looks like inverse mcdonald's arches somebody needs to sue it for copyright infringement i assume that's what it's supposed to be this no, was no, that, there, that's we... that's from mcdowell's that's totally different they have the big mick and the what and has the, the big arcs and the this, i mean this picture when we is say just that so this mascot funny. is is flippered you need to understand this mascot is wearing diving flippers yeah sorry i don't yeah i don't mean like oh he's got webbed feet like no he's wearing diving flippers and like yes. just bare bare people legs sticking out of the big blue blob that is the one yeah it's imagine that like grimace and a fry kid have combined to make Oh this God. sort of off-brand McDonald's monster thing and have and like instead of little fry kid shoes this thing has flippers it also kind of looks like whatever Xavier's mascot is called the blob the blob does it have a yeah does it have a trunk or is that an arm I, I think that's a trunk because the arm is bare look at the arm the, ar- the other arm is bare and it's holding hands with the playboy bunny dancer in heels yeah, yeah. 
doing halftime in heels is a choice, and I am I am glad she made it. Good for well, her. Let's 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 read read what it says. Oh, yeah. uh, so it says Pep Band Bunny Vicky Schloman protects Pep Band mascot the What from the infamous Who. The antics of the What gave fans a lift at halftime as the Cavs trailed James Madison 14-7. Although the What lost the battle against the Who, UVA went to win the game. Went on to win the game 21-14. There's 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 absolutely more. So our, our friends Quirky Research came back later in the day and stated apparently the Who was supposed to shoot the What and then disappear forever. Like the fugitive? <laughs> to me it's like you know like poochie went back to his home planet this is what they're trying to do to the who like he he shoots another mascot they want to shoot another mascot and just leave leave and never to be seen again like the who was a fugitive on the run and now i'm thinking about the who in in that water tunnel right above the dam like just just standing there with tommy lee jones chasing him I'm gonna, I'm, gonna make, I'm gonna make that. I'm gonna make and then that. He just dives off. Do we want mascot story storylines to come back? My God, yes, yes. Like like wrestling. <laughs> yes, we need mascot storylines that last season long. I'm crying. We can, man. If we can have commercials, we can have commercials that are season long, like storylines. We can absolutely have like mascot season long storylines. What school's alternate mascot would bring the biggest heel energy? So we need like. And why is it eight ball? <laughs> i mean yeah like you could do a whole breaking bad thing with eight ball breaking eight ball drives like a R, like an rv onto the onto the field for no, the first I, just, game. I just want to play hey guys, grand, hey guys, hey guys, hey guys. i want to play grand theft auto as eight ball <laughs> those eyes yeah yeah grand, him, and, ball, him and the san antonio spur coyote eight ball in vice city okay, <laughs> just, yeah. just driving to miami it's perfect I love you. You guys know me. I love weird mascot shit, and this just fits. Thank you for finding this commission. This I, so I honestly well don't. Me. I stumbled upon it, and then I I was just like, I, I just kept saying, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god!" And that stuff. It it really distracted me from like actually doing my real job, and that that's the whole point of the sickos committee account. <laughs> uh, please please join Shout our out. Discord. Shout out to podcast guest Chicken Sedan who sent me this earlier this week with the tag. You, we were born under the sign of the Who, and I'm still trying to figure out what that means for me. <laughs> One more quote here, by the way. Most students are forgetting that someone is under that costume. Said the female student. I had tearful moments, and I'm really a strong person. I even cried after the game. So, like, they were so mean to her. We need to bring the Who back. He is bring it back. The Who is honestly much cuter than the Virginia Cavalier, who's like. Little, little creepy looking like Cavman. Yeah, Cavman. Not any... the greatest. Cavman. Use his Christian name, kind well, of. Well, I did. I did find they had another one. It was like Cav Donkey, <laughs> where it was just like their horse mascot. So I don't. Oh, okay. There was a. It was like a costume horse. It was like fuzzy horse. And I think somebody put like it on like the cover of NCAA football, like eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see if we can find it. Okay, there we go. All of this is. Just it was Fuzzy Saber. That was the name, I believe. <laughs> Fuzzy so, Saber. Yeah, let me plug that in into the uh, the thread. I, so I really hate what I really hate about the about Cavman. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> Jesus. Why wow. is he blue? I don't know, but he's a it's, horse. Like, why is he that yeah. shade of blue? It's like oh, boxing yeah, gloves go. too, and then weird mohawk. It's not great. Yeah, I found the cover for uh, NCAA football. Off 11. brand, yeah, <laughs> like off brand fruit strike dumbass mascot. What I hate about Cavman the most is his goatee is like plastered on. 
it's not real hair. It just it's plastered on, and that really weirds me out. Yeah, there's why are Commonwealth mascots so weird? He's just mm-hmm. I don't know why he's so unsettling. Like he's unsettling, and he's unsettling in a different way than like Purdue Pete is unsettling. Yeah, previous versions of him are also unsettling. But oh my god, reasons. that feels racist. I don't know who it's racist against, but I, against I don't. someone. I agree. That, that looks that looks racist, like a racist is. caricature, but I'm not sure who. I think you could offend like like two main categories. Are the eyes here. too close together? Is that the yes. problem? Yeah, it's the, and then the and then the uh facial hair. I, I didn't oh realize God. that UVA had this much problem with their mascot. <laughs> well, they used to be steering in a very hard Captain Hook direction. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, this whole th- okay, the, the link you just sent us is amazing. I'll post stuff from this cuz holy shit. Uh, the one from 87 by the way is now my current favorite cuz the pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just drop that one in. Yeah, I was going to grab that one. That one's an excellent one. That's one of my favorites now. Oh my god. <laughs> that one, thank, thank you. you that yeah. one I feel like is what the Cavalier should actually look like. Like that is probably closer to something that a Cavalier, an actual Cavalier might have worn. So, you know. But like we're thinking like musketeer, right? Like that's what we're that's like that's what I'm, I'm assuming of. that this is like an English Civil War thing, right? So you oh, okay. yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. That one. Oh my god. Yes. Yes. Uh, more, more frilly cravats, please. Actually, actually, the one above it has a frilly cravat too. See, that's more what I'm saying. Frilly cravat. At what point did he lose the frilly cravat? Because I feel like that was the that was the moment when he ceased to be a cavalier. Now he is a cavalier in the same way that like Chevy used to make those. <laughs> Shout out to my aunt Lynn, who used to live in Bucks County, Chevy Cavalier. She would drive the crap out of it. So I just want to say shout out to that that Chevy Cavalier. Just uh, that another, one. In, in other ACC news. There's not much from ACC media this week, except for the fact that apparently Dabo Sweeney was on a safari in Africa and was texting pictures of elephants to lions to Tony Elliott while he was sitting in a hotel meeting room for nine hours. <laughs> That's rough. Just imagine like he has notifications on or his phone's on vibrate and oh, it's yeah. just Dabo sending you pictures of elephants <laughs> and lions to UVA coach. So apparently we're, we're just doing a Virginia podcast here. Tony Elliott, while he's in the meeting room for nine hours and Dabo just keeps sending him texts of elephants and lions while he's on a safari. And, and Tony, that's like the worst coworker ever. We had Dabo on a safari and we had Nick in Rome. Yes. I mean, they just left the country. They're just like, fine, we're out. You know, I, I feel know. like I feel like Nick is recruiting the Vatican. I don't know what's going on there. I mean, he At did. what point does this start to count as exporting? I have no idea. Tapping into the ancient Vatican Bagman network. Yes. <laughs> well, I, I mean, what is what is I Catholicism mean, but a giant Bagman network? Nick did just hire the offensive coordinator from Notre Dame, and he also got a quarterback from Notre Dame in the transfer portal. So Nick is working the back channels at the Vatican right now. I would also so the interesting bit of news that actually just broke tonight. And this was from an ESPN article. Let me get the article. Let me get who actually wrote it because I want to. I want to cite it properly because I don't always do that. And I would like to. Is that? Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm just not. I'm having. Oh. I'm having moments. Give me a moment. Oh, the tabs are striking again. Okay, so I, so I went down to twenty tabs. Too many tabs. Okay. Attack of the tabs. I started with one when I opened this podcast. By the way. Proud of you. I'm up to twenty again. Less uh, proud of you. This was from ESPN. This is by Pete Thamel who wrote that basically when they when the Big Ten made the deal with NBC, there were some issues that had not come up. And here was the first one. 
NBC was not aware until after the initial contract was signed that Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State refused to play late November games at night. Which, to be fair, it, it is cold and it's not ideal. NBC did not know that this was an, even an issue. <clears throat> and so they signed this contract assuming that we, they'd have Michigan and Ohio State under the light. And no, that was never going to happen. Now, I did realize after doing some things that we might get Iowa Rutgers under the lights. <laughs> so congratulations, NBC. I hope that was worth it. When we're talking under about, the candle lights. We're talking about punting in prime time. This was the old, the previous Big Ten commissioner, Kevin Warren. The other one part they fucked up was this. They have to pay back near nearly forty million dollars to Fox because according to sources, Warren delivered NBC the Big Ten title game in 2026 without the full authority to do so. Ooh. This had all unfolded under the complicated backdrop of the Big Ten conference not actually controlling the rights to the inventory of this latest deal. The Big Ten Network does. Who owns the majority of the Big Ten Network? Fox. Oh, God. So, wow. So Ooh. this was all fucked up. The, the quote about the NBC primetime deal. There's tens of millions of dollars in value in the NBC primetime deal in flux as Patetti has been racing to ensure that it keeps as much of the original value as possible. Historically in the big 10, after the first weekend in November, schools were not required to play night games for a myriad of reasons, health recovery and cabinets logistics amongst them. These were known in league circles as tolerances and prior TV contracts accounted for them, but this one didn't. It's fine. I'm sure it's fine. And then, you know, it's funny. I feel Coaches like mad. I feel like I feel like the Pac-12 was like trying to dot the you know dot the I's and cross the T's and do everything with their TV thing to make mm -hmm. sure everything's lined up perfectly. And the Big Ten was like, ah, fuck it, <laughs> billion dollars, let's go. We got USC <laughs> and UCLA. Fuck it, we'll we'll get to the details later. Kevin Warren, I'm out. We're the big two. We I'm going. Definitely I'm, have I'm our going. shit together. I'm exactly. I'm going to the I'm going to the Bears. Y'all have fun with that. That is the future Big Ten commissioner problem. That is not the current Big Ten Commissioner problem. Congratulations, by the way, to anyone out there who thinks that they are, that is dealing with things like imposter syndrome in their job, because a bunch of NBC execs signed a giant fucking deal and didn't know that Ohio State and Michigan don't play evening games in November. Congratulations, guys. It's almost like it's useful when people who own media companies have an understanding of the thing that their media company ostensibly wants to cover but i'm just over here as a person who knows what nick saban looks like so you know what do i know it's okay the sick house committee will we're gonna form our own media company which we did just create a an account for uh motorsports which i, I don't know as soon as like somebody tweeted about somebody named Stingray Bob, I'm like, okay, we're, we're going to need a separate account for this. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm no, our, like, our Stingray Bob news is blown up. I was, like, I was just like, I don't even know who this person is. Is this a real person? We need a separate account for these these motorsport fans. So go follow Too Fast, Too Sickos, if you'd like. Uh, we you, also Beth. have we also have yeah Beth with the, the, the nomenclature of the new account. Uh, did I say nomenclature correctly? Or mm -hmm. did it use, uh, okay, yeah. perfect. Yeah. Uh, I didn't want to have that issue with Enclave and Conclave again uh, <laughs> that we had last podcast. <laughs> so, Some, someone, I forget where it was, someone said I was mean to you about that. So I apologize <laughs> if it was. was funny because they, they, they said that, and then I realized that I actually cut out a lot of me cajoling you. 
in the actual <laughs> episode. So if they heard the episode and thought I was mean to you, then th- and then oh, I was no. because there was a lot more that I cut. Like you cut it and made it all abrupt. Like what did you say? <laughs> uh, the other the other thing, by the way, uh, Ohio State, Michigan, sorry, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan State have agreed to concessions to make short term sacrifices to help the league make up for some of this revenue. Penn State will play a road on the road a short week on Black Friday against Michigan State. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> a game that was scheduled before Penn State agreed to it. Oh, no. Ohio State will host Michigan State on November 11th, the latest ever home night game in Ohio State history. Oh, I like the fact that they're going to do these night games because I want to see. Like, I know, like, like, like Danger, Penn, Penn State does the whiteout. When When is the whiteout traditionally done? It's done, like, October, September, right? So, yeah, late September, anytime in October, like, Yes. Okay. Twenty fourteen. It was like no. It was like a noon game against Michigan in like late November. Yeah. And it was a mis just mis just miserable vibes. Not good at all. I was there, and no, it it didn't pack the same punch. Okay. So like you typically do the whiteout at night, right? And then at nighttime Mm -hmm. in November in Pennsylvania, it's cold. It's ugly. Um, well, so. I mean, the bigger issue, like if you want to do stuff like whiteouts or striping or, you know, whatever you want to do is that in Pennsylvania, once it gets cold, everybody is going to wear their hunting gear. Uh-huh. That's just the rule. Like we all turn into Tennessee at a certain point <laughs> and it becomes very difficult to do color things because like, you know, like I sure hope you have, you know, a bright white puffy coat or a bright yellow puffy coat or, you know, whatever that we're going to use. So we will usually, you'll usually see up north, we knock out our like striping and other things games by mid-October. Yeah, I have been to like night games in November in Pittsburgh. Um, the Duke game my senior year was one and it snowed at the end, which was enjoyable but it's also mm-hmm. like it is cold it's not ideal and i get why schools that can avoid it avoid it like i'm sure minnesota doesn't love having to uh, like if or uh, let me rephrase that i'm sure minnesota would not love getting stuck doing this if the network makes them and i'm sure they would like to avoid it also but they don't have the yeah. same leverage to try mm-hmm. oh minnesota and wisconsin uh-huh they're 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 basically going to be stuck and like you know, I'm sure Iowa gets really cold in November too, because mm-hmm. uh, I mean, yeah, it's there's nothing to stop the wind. There's in nothing to stop Iowa. the wind in Iowa mm-hmm. except maybe like you know the stadium itself. I'm thinking about those schools that are are not as legacy. I can't imagine a night game, East Lansing, like November 24th or something, <laughs> like before before Thanksgiving week or, or whatever, and, and then they're doing a night game and it's it's. It kicks off at like 8 p.m. Eastern. I, I want to watch years, this. We played, for years, we played the brawl on Black Friday at night. God bless. So God bless. Yeah. Like, cry me a river, Penn State. Big East, <laughs> is bu- Big East is built different. <laughs> that uh, but, was. Uh, by the way, this former Big Ten commish is probably going to end up with a big bonus for this TV deal, by the way, guys. Secure oh, the bag. Hey, if someone's stupid enough for you to pay you the money, take the money. The tire fire that you leave behind is no longer your responsibility once you say, I quit, receive your golden parachute, and go to the Chicago Bears. How's that Pac-12 media deal? You know, it's only May 21st. There's plenty of time to get it in place. I've, I've never been... watched an Arizona State game on my vacuum cleaner before. I'm very excited. <sighs> do we want to do the questions from the Patreon or you want to do the coach quiz? Uh, we can skip the coach quiz. Um, yeah. That's that's going to be not as fun as our questions on the Patreon. So. Okay. 
we can um, pick and, we'll, we'll pick and choose a couple of these pick and if choose you, the questions yeah if you guys would like to come ask us some questions or give us some hot takes or talk to beth's cat hi podcast hi podcast <laughs> Uh, you can join it's us. It's the auxiliary at, podcast tonight. Auxiliary oh, yes. podcast. Uh, you can join us at patreon.com slash sickos committee for the, the low, low price of $5 a month. You can come yell at me in person on discord. The people who have joined have really enjoyed that. And I haven't even given any <laughs> trash decisions recently. The best, the only thing I've gotten dragged for today was I was at HEB and took a picture of two tubs of nacho cheese and posted that as content. <laughs> and Kamish was like, I can't believe people <laughs> respond to that. 300 likes buddy i mean rico's cheese is delicious so it it is. Don't, don't worry i already have, have a you ever have you I, ever like put your hand into it just like like licked it off like frosting what the fuck okay no no i haven't done that um, haven't? not in my you thing, no. that you why have. haven't you done that yes i have okay okay all right all right bachelor days what, what, what I, i've done thing? like the finger like one finger but not my entire hand come on man it's nacho cheese you do one delicious. finger, not a, not a hand. You You've seen the hand? giant tubs of yeah, the giant tubs of nacho cheese, Beth, haven't you? The like the big like six pound cans. Yeah, it's a number ten can. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Like yeah. the whiz can. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, and you just like you just like put your hand in there. <laughs> no, and then like, like frosting. Like a finger is good. Like when you're when it's already warmed, not like directly in the can. No, no, it, it was. Listener, I did, I did, you it, missed it was... the visual of Jordan sitting here like miming the Winnie the Pooh move. <laughs> It was okay. You know what? It was just like that. Yeah, I would bet it was it's just, just like, like that. that. And I wasn't wearing pants. I was wearing just a red shirt. <laughs> it was just me and a tub of nacho cheese. What happens oh, between man. you and that tub of nacho oh, cheese is between you and man. God, Jordan. The best part though was that it was room. You know that temp? sometimes, like people, like I've room heard that temp. people like oh. make art of some of the things that we say. Sometimes, oh no! Right? <laughs> <laughs> it was room temp. So it wasn't like it was so still like pretty oh, congealed. Right to jail. Oh, Straight oh. to jail. Get out of here. The sound the sound it makes is like Again, Jordan, I am saying whatever happened to Listener, I am so sorry. And that can of nacho cheese is between you and God and should stay between you and God. <laughs> you think God looks at that? <laughs> even even God out. looks away even God, God looks away. God's probably grossed out by that. So, I yeah. face God and walk backwards into hell. Eating now, nacho cheese. Now I'm imagining you with a handful of like bugles, like witch hands, and then oh, yeah. dipping it inside. I almost bought bugles today. I thought I was thinking of you as I was standing in sheets and looking at them. <laughs> the witch hands, the bugles, and you in the Rico's nacho cheese, like the giant economy size can from Costco. I went to a, I went to a really a really shishi like like really like posh restaurant once. And they brought, it was like one of those where you like pay and it, you get the 11 tiny courses, whatever. And they brought the salad and the person goes, the chef recommends you eat the salad with your hand. No. Yeah. No, was, there was no silver. Just like Cookie Monster. <laughs> yeah. Like I, it was, it was described as to, to remind one of foraging. The chef's got to be fucking with you. I mean, like, it's like if I'm a chef and there's an 11 course meal, like there's going to be one course that I built in to fuck with the person that pays for this. <laughs> At, at, at some point, I won't, I won't do it tonight, but at some point I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll tell you guys about a, a, an experience I went to. I went to a place in Chicago, which was a very like molecular gastronomy, very shishi place. And for course two, they put a candle on your table and they talk about other things. And then by course seven, they pour your candle over your food mm. because it's like a, it's a sage emulsification. It's actually just like butter, but it was a lot of stuff like that. But there was one course that was just a scent. It's called a terrarium. Like a terrarium. 
and the chef invites you to breathe deeply. <laughs> sure. The menu is real. I had How I had a real pretend- did you eat that day? It was a lot of foam. And I, I I think this was the place where like I had coffee that was like warm by a laser. <laughs> it was real head up its own ass. It was delicious, but real head up its own ass. So some questions that we got. I'm going to pick the first one because I enjoy this. Yeah. Does, does Pit Girl make 13 to 9 appear all the time on purpose or does it just happen? No, it just happens. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's messed up is the team that we're talking about for the best team of all time for teams that are below 500 of all time. Yeah. Uh, that, that year. I haven't show scrolled down yet. Am I going to be upset? You Probably, Beth. I love you. Sorry. Um, Pat McAfee is a sleeper agent. I, I would like to write or to answer this question at slightly more length uh, because I was talking about it with a friend on Friday evening. No, I do not make this happen. Pit Twitter does not make this happen. It just appears organically. Pit numerology is real, but we have no control over it. We are merely observers of the divine good score when it chooses to present itself to us. Tarot cards. <laughs> Just keep coming up. 13 cups and nine staffs. I don't know what this means. I have had it like organically appear, like playing like tabletop games with people Mm -hmm. or whatever, and been like, ha ha. I mean, do you celebrate like the European the European version of of September 13th? Yes, that is a thing. Um there is a pit Twitter person who is now expecting, and the due date is in like mid-September, and everyone is over here like you you could you, it could happen you could have the thing it could happen you could have the good score baby beth beth, beth is gonna kill us all she has the knives too we should not and really bring this up. yeah swords whatever and and cats too apparently. what is a sword if not a very large knife a next question on here do you eat ice cream cake with a spoon or a fork discuss <laughs> fork so what kind of ice cream cake? I mean, because I feel like we need to go down this road. Like if like it? if it's a standard Carvel ice cream cake, which it's, is we're only... talking about fudgy. We're talking about fudgy the whale. Fudgy the whale. I... Even though we don't have Carvel in San Antonio, I am aware of fudgy the whale, I, and I have seen fudgy the whale in person. The, my first encounter being a southerner was in the Albany, New York airport. I have never seen a fudgy the whale. <laughs> oh, let me drop them. For yeah, you. I do. I do not. Know I mean, I'm familiar the with the concept, right? But like, I have never seen one. Ice cream cakes in Central PA come from Dairy Queen. I think I learned about fudgy the whale from. I think it gets dropped, name dropped in Mystery Science Theater a ton. I think also there was a comedian uh, talked about fudgy the whale. There was a bit about it. I think it was Patton Oswalt that did a oh, routine boy. and talked about Carvel and the Carvel commercials for fudgy the whale. I made a Carvel ice cream cake from scratch once. It took four days. Oh, also, if you didn't know, uh, their Santa is just fudgy the whale turned sideways. I love it. Wow. Okay, seriously, it says to a whale of a dad, and I want this for Father's Day right now. Before we answer this question, I feel like we need to ask additional questions. Okay. Are you going to eat a slice of Fudgy the Whale in a bowl or on a plate? Definitely plate for me. I'm going plate. I'm not doing bowl. I I am gonna I am gonna take this slice of Fudgy the Whale down fast that the that the bowl won't matter i'll even put it on a paper plate let's go see for me that's oh if if you hand this if you hand me a piece of this in a bowl i now want a spoon Mm. okay if you hand it to me on a plate though i now i i want a fork Mm. that's where i hear you but also like salads sometimes come come in bowls and you still eat it with a fork right yeah but like a stabbing is intrinsic in that i think that my answer is going to be that that I really prefer. I'm not going to wave my my cursor again. <laughs> Podcat just uh, really wants to learn more about Fudgy the Whale. I think that my personal preference is that I want ice cream cake in a bowl, so I want it with a spoon. 
feel like ice cream I'm, cakes are always frozen hard enough that you basically yes. just like I'm. I want to come in with the side of the fork and just kind of be like, you want to you want a clean cut, yeah. Right? Attack. Yeah. Attack. If it ain't coming straight out of the freezer, I don't want it. If the ice cream cake is is not coming like straight out of the freezer or like it's been in the fridge for like maybe thirty minutes, I will go plate fork attack. And that thing is done within like three minutes. Like that slice mm-hmm. is gone. There is no time for that thing to melt. Is there a time in summer when ice cream e- ice cream cake eating in the out of doors for our southern friends is a particularly fraught thing? Always. I, I wouldn't in terms trust of melt a, timeline. I would not trust an ice cream cake outdoors at all. No, yeah, okay. never. No, seriously. Ice I wouldn't cream trust cake? buttercream outdoors. Shit. Man, like ice cream or cake outdoors in the south i mean you're just inviting like every single fly in the world <laughs> in the south to come attack your cake which is 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 not ideal but yeah if, if you're gonna do a cake outside ice cream cake outside that's gonna be like you're gonna have the person that has the the yeti ice chest or the the fake yeti ice chest with the ice cream cake uh whatever what, what's the brand by h-e-b is like cody or something the h-e-b uh, I, like, I have an i have an arctic the Arctic Ooh. ones are, I think there was like another one. I can't remember what it oh, was. Oh, hold up. Uh, this one is Atlan. Atlan, yeah. I mean, it's just, they're just fake like Yetis that are like $10 cheaper. It, whatever. Uh, you buy the fake Yeti. I don't, I don't feel like, the, <laughs> whatever. Follow up question. Yes. Is for, for my Texan friends, what would you describe ice cream season as? I mean, ice cream season all season. Year, year round? <laughs> I mean, okay. like, I, it doesn't matter. Like, honestly, I, I read somewhere like when I was when I was doing my my masters whatever that like in the winter like a lot of ice cream is consumed in the winter because you're like warm and cozy inside your house and you're like I want some ice cream so like like 40 50 percent of the ice cream is consumed during the winter which it, it it's kind of but I, I don't even know if that's real because you know I read it on the internet and nothing is real and and Delaware isn't real and uh, was it time? Is it real? Is that what no. we say on the podcast? D- Delaware is real, but it rightfully okay. belongs to Pennsylvania. Okay. Words aren't real, and linear Words time was a mistake. That's it. Yeah. I, I got that all wrong. <laughs> That's um, are the great lessons we have learned. Those are <laughs> all. Right. Those, those are our throw pillows. <laughs> our throw pillows. <laughs> Let's make some graphics, Jordan, and we'll sell it on the Sickos Committee store. Yeah. Uh, I I had heard anecdotally that it like for for Southern folks there is a like ice cream time ends at a certain period when it gets when it gets colder and this baffles my Pennsylvania no, I love, brain. I love ice cream all the time. So, I, I'm, I, no. I am a, I have a notorious sweet tooth and a cold sweet tooth. So I am I am down for like a good chip witch whenever. Mm. Ice cream sandwiches for me can be eaten anytime. Awesome. Now I'll say this. The difference between that though and like a like a there's like a otter pops. You know what I'm saying? When mm-hmm. I would say otter pop. Mm-hmm. Those like really cheapo popsicles mm-hmm. those to me are it has to be a thousand degrees outside yes wait wait wait, wait, wait. otter pop is that what yeah, they're called pop. yeah okay well that's the, i think it's the name brand oh okay I yeah don't... first you kill an otter then you freeze it yes you put it into the little plastic tubes that my, like cut the shit Louisiana... out of the sides of your mouth if you're not careful my yeah. louisiana like never heard otter pop until today and i'm very confused there's the, the little thin ones the little like pouches like the, like the little the ones... like like liquids yeah, like the, ones that you... t- the ones that taste like melted like Skittles. Yeah. Okay. Uh, listeners, if you don't know and you want that taste year round, the soda you want is called Jaritos. <laughs> it's a Mexican soda. And those things, the lime one especially, tastes just like a melted Otter Pop. It is my favorite thing in the world. And it is, I've tried to make a cocktail, but man, the minute you mix anything into it, that like artificial lime just 
destroys it. So there's like multiple brands of this. Okay, this is weird. All right, I'm looking it up. But in Louisiana, we would just call them Freezy Pops. Um, yeah, same with me, Freeze Pops. Yeah, like Freeze Pops are like Freezy Pops, whatever. Like it was like the the flavor ice, whatever it was the name yes. of the brand. Uh-huh. Yes, there you just, go. Yep. But like, there you go, pick girl. But apparently, there's a brand that's called Otter Pops, which I have never heard of until today. And yeah, then like that's the, that's the, the generic version that I would the, call all those agree Otter Pops. The Walmart one is just Fun Pops. I by the way, those are all characters. By the way, if you didn't see, oh, there's Each Otter flavor characters? has characters. Yeah, oh. I posted it. Yeah. here. Otter Pops. Louis Blue Raspberries, Strawberry Short Kook, Sir Isaac Lime, Alexander the Grape, Poncho Punch, and Little Orphan Orange. <laughs> the theming here raises some questions. I'm receiving psychic damage just hearing these names. <laughs> this, this hurts. But I was fine until we got to Little Orphan <laughs> yeah, Orange, same. and then I needed to stop. Also, <laughs> Alexander like... the Grape sounds like a smoothie flavor at Orange Julius. Poncho Punch, yeah, okay. But for these, this has to, for me, this has to be like a thousand degrees outside. Sir, it has to be blazing hot. Sir Isaac Lime. Sir Isaac Lime. They're not even a joke. It's not even a joke. It's not even no. funny. Not even funny. Like, stuff, like, like Alexander the Grape, at least, like, strawberry short kook. Okay. We're close. What? Yeah. No, this is actually, sure. I think this we're is close second. on this. Yeah, this is second grader humor. But Sir Isaac this is Lime. like you ask your second grader to tell you a riddle, you're going to end up with something like this. So, but we're going with a Sir Isaac Newton joke here. I'm guessing that's what that is, Sir Isaac Lime. But Lime and Newton, they don't, it's not a slant rhyme. It's not a near rhyme. It's not a, it's not a visual rhyme. It kind of looks like my dad. <laughs> <laughs> he looks more like, he looks more like Einstein than he does Isaac Newton. I don't, I don't know about this. These also all have the same energy as the like, like the little characters that are like little miss x and they're like shape face yeah. shapes with yeah. faces they look like that all right one more question from our patrons we'll save the next one the next podcast one more question let's go with yeah. this yeah if if aliens visited earth and you had to select a college football coach to be our ambassador to negotiate with them who would you select we're basically asking who's gonna be who's gonna recruit the best for us can we resurrect mike leach because i feel like that's the right answer i mean yeah, we gotta say. Well, we'll just do Either it, like, dead, aliens, good to dead, see you. Dead or alive, we'll just say dead or alive. Uh, rest in peace, Mike, mm-hmm. Mike Leach here. Have you guys heard about the ancient aliens show? Was that you guys? <laughs> a lot of fun. <laughs> Those pyramids, yours. The, I'll give an honorable mention to Paul Pasqualoni because I Ooh. want you to imagine the awkwardness of that conversation. He does look like a gray, one of those like traditional gray aliens too. Mm-hmm. I think that I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. Take an ob- obvious answer. I'm going to go with Nick Saban. <laughs> Firm handshake. He's short enough that he's not going to be intimidating. And I I think he just goes up and he goes, not quite welcome to earth, but y'all y'all showed up at a great place. We're happy to have you here at Alabama. Excited to see you here. Hey, can, can I take you a tour? We're going we're gonna to turn you guys in the best aliens we've ever seen. Just trying to recruit them. My new favorite to- episode of Invader Zim. Yes, exactly. <laughs> For our champion... I nominate the one, the only, Dave Wanstead. Yes! Yep. If and only if for the fact that we get to send him up here and he gets to talk about fries on sandwiches with the aliens. Oh, you know, we got this place called uh, Permanent Brothers, you know. You put fries and salt on your sandwich. Real Delicious. Good. Delicious. I do also love the idea of welcoming the little green men to Earth with, with that accent right it's either that or we find like the most delco college football coach alive 
who I am I am unsure who that is or would be, but like we gotta we gotta hit them with like a real, real Pennsylvania something so they know what they have landed on and why. They have a See? universal translator, but they can't pull out the fucking Pennsylvania. Yeah. That's, <laughs> the that's where, just burns it up. That's that's where I'm leaning Coach O here. Um, <laughs> so they point. will not understand a word that he says. Hey there, aliens, we're going down. <laughs> we're going down here. Oh, no. challenge him to leg a leg wrestling match but if i think about this a little bit i want somebody who's just talks them to death and they just cannot fight them and and i'm torn i'm no no i'm torn between two older coaches i'm torn between oh, great. i'm torn between barry switzer oh god or jimmy johnson <laughs> Tom Osborne would be a strong pull for that yeah, too. Osborne too. He was up there with me. Barry Switzer being like, "Hey, if you guys got any weapons, Good just give them to me. I'll hide. I'll put, I'll take those. We- I'll, I'll hide those weapons. I'll make that go away for you guys." Seriously, I feel like Barry Switzer could could get away with this and just basically guide the aliens to whatever they wanted, but just not in an overt way. And, and Jimmy Johnson, I think the aliens would be really mystified by his hair. Uh, like, why doesn't it move? Uh, As are we this all. doesn't make any sense. Why is it not moving? He just had Gatorade dumped on his hair. Why is it's, it not moving? This this person, like, Jimmy Johnson, must be one of us. It's like Mac Brown. Yes, <laughs> back in the day with the Lego Man hair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, hey I'm really hey proud there, of aliens. us. That- hey there, aliens! Welcome to Earth. Hey there. Hey there. With this I'm just over here letting my brain cycle on Dave Wanstead and Coach O on the same coaching staff. Don't mind me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> a translator Dude, it's like one of those it's like one of those european teams where they bring well, what in you the, get if you get them to translate for each other it's it's like when they bring in they have to bring in a translator for like they, you hire a manager that doesn't speak the language of anyone on the team and they have to you have to have like a translator at practices that idea of doing that in the states is so bonkers but in europe we do this all the fucking time all the time I love the idea. I have this idea in my head now also of them like mutually. I have no idea if Dave Wanstead actually speaks French, uh, but I have the idea of them just being like, all right, fuck it. We're never going to understand each other in English. We're just going to speak French now. It's fine. Turns turns out Dave Wanstead and uh, and Kojo both speak Mandarin. Who knew? <laughs> wow. Uh, they just they just use Mandarin. I did look up what languages Dave Wanstead speaks, and instead I got how to book him to speak at your event. Oh, nice. There we go. Well, if aliens come to Earth and they want uh, some print-on-demand merchandise, where would they find that? That was awful. Sorry. <laughs> no, that was amazing. Leave it in. Welcome, Love it. Welcome to Earth. You want to buy some Sickles Committed merch? <laughs> no, it's really go to our store. You could Google Sickles Committee store. Uh, it's Sickles Committee. Sickles-Committee.friendly. Selfie store. Uh, easiest way to do is, is Google Sickles Community Store or access our Twitter profile, our link tree. We have our store. We have merch. We have an uh, incredible amount of stickers. Uh, we have some beveled merchandise, some beveled like mugs, uh, beveled stickers. Uh, we, we try to do the beveled on the T-shirt. It doesn't work out. <laughs> Jordan put the, uh, uh, the in this house sticker where we have 10 different things on the merch listed on it there. Uh, and basically he put it on his, his fancy uh, fake Yeti cup that he's the drinking Atlin. out of right now. The Atlin. Also with, with Selfie, if you want to make your own merch, print on demand, it is extremely easy 
to sell print-on-demand merchandise with Selfie. If I could figure it out and if I can add products like within like four or five minutes, if you just actually just reply to me and if I can do it, we have the design of it, I can add a new product like that. Uh, you can use these links to sign up for a free trial. Um, get.selfie.com slash sicko sent you or get.selfie.com sicko sent you 5780 and then you can use the free coupon code special the word special for a yearly plan discount of 35 percent also like to shout out our friends over the message board geniuses podcasts again those folks dive into places where oh hello podcast it's the other one <laughs> shout out to our friends over at <laughs> message board geniuses message board geniuses podcast they cover the stuff that they go places we could never go this week they've covering things like ohio state fans conspiracy theories a florida fan pining for urban don't do that guys don't do that oil and gas policy weighing heavily on quinnewers a supportive virginia tech father and much more they are all over the, they are all over the stuff that makes us go I don't even want to get there. You know what? You know what's funny? The the guy that replied to us at Who's Football mm-hmm. when we posted the Who is one of the message board geniuses on the podcast. There we go. <laughs> so shout out at Who's Football. Uh, we we hope you enjoyed our our random exploration of the 1983 mascot, the Who. Which you're gonna have to bring it back. I, I'm sorry. We're we're gonna start a campaign to bring it back. So for our final thing of the night, as always. We'll be doing our best season of all time for teams who are below 500 all time. We'll sort what 500 at. I have a logo. I haven't even posted it yet now. I need to post the logo. Post that logo. We've been hyping it logo. for the last like three shows too. You're I know. Gonna I'm, gonna, I'm just going gonna, gonna to ramble post it compared c- c- connecting it to nothing at all because that's how I do things. Post that shit. Imagine and context. Kamish is going only, to. It's only fair to let the people in the Discord see it first. Oh, yes. Uh, tonight, Kamish is going to tell us about Kansas's greatest season of all time. Rock Chalk. Rock Chalk, Jayhawk. I do want to give a couple of shout outs before I declare the best season of all time for Kansas. Shout out to 1899 Kansas. They went 10 and 0. Uh, 1899. I kind of wanted them. I kind of wanted I, them, but I just couldn't justify was, it. This was the one where I was really thinking about going with, but I, I said no. Uh, we hemmed and hawed over this one. A 10-0, 1899 Kansas. I'm just going to give a brief summary of, of some of their teams that, that we considered. Uh, in 1899, the University of Kansas Athletic Association offered the Nebraska football coach Fielding Yost. Again. Yes, Once again. Yost is back. They offered him $350 and an additional $150 conditionally to coach the school's football team for 1899. I will say for reference... In 1898, Nebraska paid him $1,000 for the previous year. Ooh. So Kansas's money, money. Kansas is $500 essentially. They gave him $350. You know, I'm sorry, I just went back to the the South Park episode. I gave him $350. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> oh damn it! I just scrolled down. $350. <laughs> yes, um, it was his only year at Kansas. They went 10 and 0. He left the year after the year and then kansas went two five and two the next year this is kind of a theme for kansas they have an amazing year and then the next year it's not so good um also want to shout out to the 1908 kansas team they were nine and oh they shut out five opponent five out of nine opponents they won the missouri valley conference championship they outscored opponents by a total of 131 to 20. uh they did not score more than 24 
points in a game all year. Oh God! So uh, shout out oh, to God. them. Not great. Uh, Kansas not joined great the Big Ten Conference. They did. Yeah. Uh, oh, Kansas God. was in the Big Ten West, apparently. Shout out to the 1968 Kansas team. They finished nine and two, Big Eight co-champion with Oklahoma. They lost in the Orange Bowl to Penn State. Danger loves this. 15-14. Yeah. They finished ranked sixth in the AP poll. The year after that, 1969, was not nice. They finished one and nine. <laughs> shout out, Why shout is out, it? Oh my God. Seriously. Shout out to 1995 Kansas. They finished 10 and two. They got crushed by Kansas State in Nebraska in their two losses, but they did win the Aloha Bowl. 51-30 over UCLA, and they finished ranked ninth. Yay! Uh, their next year, they they, they went 4-7. Wow. Wow, So the best team of all time for Kansas, I, I went with the 2007 Kansas Jayhawks. This feels correct. If you really want to know what 2007 was like for Kansas football, which is probably the most sickos year of all time in college football, 2007. Oh, oh. All time is a real heavy one. Let's say in the last 20 years. Man, seriously. All time, we'd have to do some more thinking, but one of the most sickos years of all time. There we go. You could own the DVD for the 2007 Kansas football season in review. This is what Saturdays were made for. Own it on Amazon. The DVD, only $38. I want to break down 2007 Kansas. I got a preview blog. For the 2007 Kansas Jayhawks. I'm just going to read this. Coach Mark Mangino. It's a six-year at Kansas. Team name Jayhawks. 2006. Overall record 6-6. Six and six. Returning starters 14 out of 22. The Kansas Jayhawks. 6-6 six and six overall. 3-5 and five in the Big 12. Last won a league title in 1912. When they were a part of the Missouri Valley Conference. Ouch. This year, this year should mark the 95th consecutive year that they finish out of the money. Oh, still, still, the Jayhawks stand a chance of posting a winning record. Last year, they lost two games in OT and won two more by a combined point total of four. The offense was 19th in rushing nationally due to the efforts of running back John Cornish. The question is, who will replace Cornish, who led the Big 12 in ground yards? The Jayhawks will look to sophomore Jake Sharp and senior Brandon McAnderson to provide rushing yards. Much of the offensive line is gone. But 315-pound junior college transfer Chet Harley teaming with tough junior Anthony Collins will power this unit. The QB position is between sophomores Kerry Meyer and Todd Reesing. If the more athletic Meyer can make better decisions and hit with more accuracy, he'll be the starter. Junior wide receiver Dexton Fields, senior wide receiver Marcus Henry, and senior tight end Derek Fine are good targets. With the pass defense that ranked last in the nation... Oh, God. Look for the Jayhawks to show some improvement. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. problem the problem was in the front line who could not mount a rush. There's some development there, but not a whole lot. The secondary is improved, and junior Aqib Talib is a major player. Middle linebacker Mike Rivera anchors a fast linebacking core. The Jayhawks should garner five wins and possibly seven if they take swing, swing games versus Central Michigan and Colorado. I'm just going to leave it. You know, swing games versus Central Michigan, Central Michigan. and Colorado. A 7-5 and five mark would be their best since the end of the 20th century. A bowl Which, bid. to be fair. Yes. A bowl bid. <laughs> although only seven years prior. But also, bid, you're framing but it also. that way as a magazine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
a bull bid, although not certain, is within their grasp. So those were your expectations for the 2007 Jayhawks football team. That was the expectations. So let's let's begin with the Kansas football schedule. You know, since it's so recent, I don't have like any great articles from like the Kansas newspaper since it's still kind of nationally relevant. And it's only 16 years ago. Sophomore quarterback Todd Reesing led the unit and distributed the ball to running back Brandon McAnderson, wide receiver Dexton Fields, Desmond Briscoe, Kerry Meyer, and Marcus Henry. KU put up 52, 62, 45, and 55 points in their first four games against Central Michigan, which apparently was a coin flip game. That's it. That was a coin flip. Yeah. This was this was Dan Lefevre of Central Michigan, and Antonio Brown was a freshman. Yes. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Southeastern Louisiana, the Lions from Hammond, Toledo, and FIU, respectively. This was like FIU. Like This must have been like, like their first season their, of football. Their, their infancy, like maybe like only four years old. Uh, by by the way, this will tell you how old this is. If you look at the TV on where these games aired, yeah, uh, yeah. these first four non-conference games were on quote local channels. <laughs> local. There was a time, my friends, if you're young enough and listening to this podcast, you don't remember this, when you couldn't just watch every single college football game. Nope. That's the nice thing about the sport is you can watch every game now. Every game. But it used to be that you know some games just didn't exist well shout out to the uh oklahoma army game that was pay-per-view and we got to see the stream of some guy pointing his phone at the tv and then also he showed us his feet so what (laughs) kansas they only beat central michigan (laughs) southeastern louisiana toledo and fiu big deal kansas is four and oh on an easy schedule they're not going to do anything right their next game at kansas state in manhattan they beat kansas state in a nail biter 30 to 24 and the Jayhawks said hello to the AP poll and never to leave it for the rest of the season. They That's ranked impressive. the Jayhawks 20th. The next game, they absolutely crushed Baylor 58-10, to 10, and they moved up to 15th. They pulled out some close games on the road against Colorado, 19-14, and Texas A&M, 19-11, which is weird that they just scored 19 in back-to-back games. I don't know how that – and they won both of them. But hello, the Jayhawks are in the AP top 10. They were ranked eight and doing great. (laughs) The the next game after this is they went to play against Nebraska. Kansas beat the ever-living crap out of Nebraska. Holy shit. 76 to 39. (laughs) And, And that was pretty much the end of Bill Callahan as Nebraska head football coach. Mm-hmm. People showed up at 11:30 a.m. In, in in Lawrence, Kansas, and watched this scorched earth. Jesus Christ! After this, they moved up to fifth in the AP poll. And you're like, okay, top five Kansas, 2007. Something is going crazy here. Uh, the next week, they went to Stillwater and they beat Oklahoma State, 43-28. They're up to fourth in the AP poll. You're like, oh my god! Like, how high is this going? The next week after that, they demolished Iowa State 45 to 7, and they moved up to number two in the AP poll. Now that was a that was a cursed position, wasn't it? Oh, let me tell you all about the 2007 a little bit here. If you don't know, uh, if you don't Beth, know, I'm sorry in advance. Beth. Everyone just gonna start rocking back and forth here. Beth, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I Beth, enjoyed sorry, 2007. Beth. 2007 was great. I mean, you know, really, my my time living in Louisiana, uh, you know, the, the national champions were from Louisiana with the, the craziness. And, and thank you so much, Pitt. 
We appreciate that. Sorry, USF, USF fans might want to look away from this too. USF fans look away here. So the year 2007 was the one year you did not want to be ranked number two in college football. The reason? It was cursed. Whoever was number two, there was a nine-week stretch where the second-ranked team in the land lost seven times. So in nine weeks, if you were ranked number two, it was all but certain that you were going to lose the next game. Almost, like, just guaranteed loss if you were ranked number two. The teams USC, Cal, South Florida, Boston College, Oregon, and uh, I'm sorry, Beth, West Virginia fell while holding the number two spot. Six of those seven teams lost to an unranked team. Number two, BC, is like doing some things to my brain right now. Well, I mean, the, you, you forgot about the one in front of it. Number two, South Florida. Yeah, but I like, but, yeah. I remember I that a little that. bit. Number two, Cal. But I forgot, <laughs> completely forgot that BC was like relevant. It was, it was absolutely insane to see like these teams, like USC, you're like, okay, that's fine. Number two, Cal, number two, what? South Florida, number two. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. What? Boston College, number two. What? <laughs> like Oregon, number two, kind of normal. We were just, we were just, it was a random number generator. Jesus. October 2nd, Stanford lost to US. Uh, I'm sorry. Stanford beat USC 24-23. And I want, I want to, I want to predicate that because that was, that was huge because this is come. This is Pete Carroll USC still, yep. and this is coming off of national titles and huge expectations. And this is, I think, Jim Harbaugh's first year at yeah, I think so. Jim Harbaugh's first year. And and this was this was this melted my brain. When yeah. This this, oh yeah, I, I listened to this on the radio a, driving back from a game, and I'm just like, I I remember just being stunned. Like, wait, who? They're losing to who? <laughs> How? Stanford was a crater at this point. Yeah. Oh it, yeah. They were Stanford was a 41 point underdog Oof. to USC in that game, and they won by one at USC on the right. road. It was, it was at the Coliseum too. It was That's at right. the Coliseum. At the Coliseum too. That's it right. was. Yes. So this oh is why God. Pete Carroll and and Jim Harbaugh still have a blood feud to this day because of this game. <laughs> yes. So I'll just say that the week after that, Oregon State thirty one, Cal twenty eight. Okay. Second rate Cal, like like normal. Second-rate Cal, like normal. This is not 1910s, whatever, Cal. Yes. Then, October 18th, Rutgers 30, South Florida 27. This was okay, Rutgers, though. This Was was this Chris, Chris this Ashford? Was, it was, no, this was no, Shiano. This was, was a very Shiano. Right. This was Shiano. This was still Shiano. But South Florida, yeah. Big East power. I think South the best Florida. of the Shiano years. Yeah. Uh, don't Amazing. ask my sister about 2006. She went to Louisville. So November 3rd, Florida State 27, Boston College 17. Then we go to November 23rd, Arkansas 50, LSU 48, triple OT that game. I remember watching that game and just being so upset that LSU lost that game. But, I mean, you just could not stop Darren McFadden and Felix Jones at all. Um, then the week after that, it was... Nope, moving on, moving it was, on. <laughs> it was one question that we got earlier in the podcast. There was, you know, a team from Western Pennsylvania, from a team uh, in like some sort of town named after Morgan. Uh, yeah, that happened. That score, which again, <laughs> again, we don't do this on purpose. No, Patreon. It, it just appears. It, it just happens. It's just, it just happens. So that was I that. All the teams held their breath every Sunday as the new rankings were released, knowing a number two ranking inevitably meant you were likely losing the next week. Kansas made it to number two. 
They were undefeated. And they were going to Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City, Missouri to face their rivals in the border war. The just, number so th- three ranked Missouri Tigers. Right. Like, okay, this was this was ranked, ranked border war. Yes. Two, three border war. Yes. That's, bon- that's, that's bonkers, guys. Like that. Bonk- bonkers as hell. Uh, I remember watching this game. It was like completely freezing for this game. And they're outdoors in in Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, back and forth. A Mizzou quarterback, Chase Daniel, legend at the bank, Chase Daniel, completed 40 of 49 passes for 361 yards and three touchdowns. On the other side, Todd Reesing, uh, he had a good game, 28 for 49, uh, 349 yards, two touchdowns, but he had two interceptions. Mizzou won the game, won the border war, 36-28 to hand Kansas their first loss of the season, and they got to book a trip to the Big 12 championship game against Oklahoma. Even, I watched this game on a beach in Hawaii. A good even, place to watch it. Even the magical Jayhawks fell victim to the ranked number two curse in 2007. But Kansas fans, take solace. Mizzou got crushed by the Sooners in the Big 12 championship game, 38-17. That was also a fine tradition of the Big 12 South. The Big 12 North being absolutely fucking murdered in the Big 12 mm-hmm. That's right. It, it, it was a tradition. So basically, this is probably for the best of you to, to not get murdered by Mizzou, who had already lost to Oklahoma and had to face them again. <laughs> That's now, always so mean. <laughs> now, Kansas fans, I'm going to say this. Who cares you didn't d- compete for the Big 12 title? And yeah, you lost to your rivals, Mizzou, in the border war. But you really need to savor this part the most. Kansas was picked, surprisingly, to go to the Orange Bowl. And Mizzou got to go to the Cotton Bowl. The subject was Missouri fans' reaction to the Orange Bowl selection of Kansas a topic that became a centerpiece of college football discourse in the week following the BCS selections on December 2nd. To the surprise of some, the Orange Bowl chose KU, which ranked two spots behind number six Missouri in the final BCS poll. Despite the loss to Oklahoma in the Big 12 title game, the Mizzou fans held out hope for a BCS at-large bid to the Orange Bowl, known for its historic affiliation with the now-defunct Big 8 Conference of which Missouri was a member. When the Mizzou bid did not materialize, and with the spot going to their bitter rival, the vitriol flowed fast. The passion was best displayed on Tigerboard, a popular online message board where fans would post about issues relating to Mizzou athletics. In the week following the announcement, topics included the cerebral, the winner in all this, the Cotton Bowl. They're taking the high road. And then there was the other side of the message board that said, BCS equals big crock of shit. (laughs) There we go. Shout out to the uh, vintage message board geniuses we're getting here. Oh, yes. Back when everyone was on. Well, no, because most of the message, most of those message boards still look like they did back in 2007. Yes, they haven't been updated. They they do not run new software. The message boards look the same as they do. All hail PHP BB. Yeah. I still remember my markup. Mizzou fans were so mad, so mad they didn't get the Orange Bowl, which, you know, you kind of think about at the time the Cotton Bowl wasn't necessarily like the New Year's Six thing. The Cotton Bowl this, was this kind was, of like on the fringe. This was this bit, was yeah. when we had really fun Cotton Bowl, though, because this was when yeah. they didn't, they weren't required to pick anyone. No. So the, cause they, they, didn't get, they didn't get tied into weird tie-ins. And so nope. for a while, the Cotton Bowl was always like, Big 12, SEC, and just, like, the most fun matchup you can find. 
So Mizzou got sent to the Cotton Bowl to play against Arkansas. But the Mizzou fans were just so mad that they didn't get the Orange Bowl. Some of the Mizzou fans went far as as posting letters and sending letters to the Orange Bowl officials. Uh, the members vented and tried to recruit others to do the same, to make the fan base's displeasure known in mass. Uh, one of the letters that I found, I'm just going to read it here. It's it's a very yeah. it's pretty. Dear Mr. Wall and fellow Orange Bowl employees, wrote someone with the Mizzou fan, Mizzou fan in the bluegrass handle. I'm attaching a link to a college football game <laughs> that occurred just a few weeks ago. Although you and your employees are most likely paid very handsomely to create the best matchup for your bowl game. I think you may have not seen the game between Kansas and Missouri on November 24th. If you did, I would be interested to hear your opinion slash viewpoint on why Kansas received an Orange Bowl bid over Missouri. That is some like, um, actually bullshit right there. I mean, you saw this. Hey, just just bring your attention back around to this email. I'm not sure if you saw this or not. uh, Per my previous email. Per per my previous game. For this previous game. I'm not sure that you you saw this game. Let me make sure. It was, uh, I, I mean, savor it, Kansas fans. Savor that. Even though, even though the game didn't go your way, you still angered Mizzou fans as much as possible in this 2007 season. So savor it, savor it. Mizzou got stuck in Dallas, and you got to go to Miami. I mean, I think you got the better vacation out of this point. Now, going to the 2007 Orange Bowl or, or 2008 Orange Bowl, you know, beginning of the year. They were three-point underdogs and having a media circus surrounding them because of their controversial selection to the Orange Bowl, and they faced a high-powered Virginia Tech offense led by Sean Glennon and Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. Kansas was able to defeat Virginia Tech 24-21. The defensive effort of KU was spearheaded by cornerback Aqib Tlaib, and his 60-yard pick six halted the ACC champion Hokies in their tracks. Uh, Todd Reesing performed well. He threw for 227 yards and a touchdown. Now, how the hell did Kansas pull off a 12 and one season out of nowhere? Grift. <laughs> I, I still don't know how it happened, honestly. Uh, grifting, sure, whatever. Uh, magic. They funneled money through Lawrence. You know, there's some magic in the air. Maybe that 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 song by America can make another appearance. <laughs> really, honestly, it was the perfect storm of offensive and defensive balance. Kansas's offense was the second-ranked unit in the country, while their defense was ranked fourth. That's... I, I mean... That's... That'll do it. That'll do it. I mean, you're talking about balance, right? You, you, you're not talking about the Iowa second-ranked defense and their offense ranked 130th. You're talking about a top-four offense and defensive team of, of, of a Kansas football team. Like that's how you like that's that's how you there have been champions recently who have not had offenses or defenses mm-hmm. that that high together. Well, let, let's check it like Georgia. You know, let's go do that. Let, let's check out Georgia who just by the won. way, I dropped I dropped my favorite Mark Mangino uh, picture in the chat. Of course. Uh, him and him and Obi the Orange. Yep. I, I was mm-hmm. I haven't I didn't look, but I was picturing that one and I am pleased to be correct. I, I always forget that yep. Obi has the permanent side eye. Yep. <laughs> Definitely. Um, no, it o- is Obi's, God. Yeah, God. It's no, this like those photos of, of Obi and Mangino are like legendary. I think Levitard show still has that. Levitard still has Mangino and the orange and Obi, the orange as his avatar right now. I, I don't even 
like Dan Lebertard. Oh show. yeah, he, he does. It's, yeah, it, yeah, it's still there. It, it's been many, many years at there. So, so Kansas again, second in offense, right, and and fourth in defense. The 2022 Georgia Bulldogs, fifth in offense yeah. and fifth in defense. Huh. Yeah. I'm not saying 2007 Kansas was better than than 2022 Georgia. I'm not saying I that. am. I am. Okay, you can say. I'm saying neutral field, neutral <laughs> field. 2007 Kansas takes 2022 Georgia. I'm just saying. I mean, you don't think Stetson Bennett can crack that defense? No, that I don't think defense. he can. I don't think he can. It, Akeem Talib it is comes down to leadership. Yeah, it just and comes. I mean, you've seen Mark Mangino. Yeah, definitely. It just comes down to leadership. Just saying that. No, that was that was points per game, by the way. So <laughs> that's a great. No, it's a real stat. It's a real stat. Yeah, done. It's got numbers and everything. It does. <laughs> Honestly, their point differential in the game for the entire season. They won their games by an average of 26.4 points, which is ridiculous. It's um, kind of a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's yeah. that's nearly a four-touchdown victory almost every game. One moment where we all contemplate Iowa. That's like 1.02 Ferences. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, their point differential was 26.4 per game. Iowa's offensive coordinator next year needs to average 25 points per game. Mm-hmm. Not even the differential, mm-hmm. but just the points per game. Todd Reesing came out of left field, lit it up. It was protected by an All-American tackle, Anthony Collins. Akib Tlaib was an All-American. Uh, went on to a great NFL career, included a Super Bowl win, first team All-Pro, and he had a couple of five, uh, five Pro Bowl appearances. So, I mean, if you think about, like, Kansas players in the NFL, the last one I can think of is Akib Tlaib. Like, I can't think of another Kansas player in the I, NFL right now. Yeah. I, I don't know if anybody else can think of one. I cannot. Uh, Talib is great. I think he does like some media too. He's awesome uh, media wise. I don't know what he does. To end this, I want you to go to the 2007 year end hot 100 singles of 2007. And uh, just give me a song that you think encapsulates the 2007 Kansas season. So this is where... Me being in my late twenties now, I am beginning to feel very old. Yes. Yep. I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna nominate Don't Matter by Akon because hairs if Missouri beat Kansas. It don't matter. The Orange Bowl wants us haters. Yeah, this list is also making me feel very, very old because this is like the sounds of middle school dance, like all the way down, all of it. Those awkward middle school dances. Yeah. <laughs> when I look at Mark Mangino holding an orange aloft over his head, about to punt, like just pelt a defensive lineman with it. Yes. All I can think about is sexy back. <laughs> yeah. Agree. Best year ever. I mean, really, I, I really... You motherfuckers do not, in fact, know how to act. <laughs> so so for the, for the defense, I, I want everybody to throw some Ds on it. Definitely want to throw some Ds on it. Rich Boy and Akib Talib throw some Ds on it. Mm. But... My, my my big thing for Kansas and the song that was the number one hit during the season as much as possible for them for for at least like eight weeks of the season, it w- it was cranked at Soldier Boy. <laughs> Damn it, you took mine. <laughs> you took mine. Well, and, and then you gotta say like YBKU Crank that Soldier Boy. <laughs> KU Crank that. That's all I got. I, I <laughs> have not dumb. gone yet, so yeah, you have some time. To oh, pit girl, what you bit, got, Jordan? Uh, I am going to go with "Thanks for the Memories" by Fall Out Boy because 
While Kansas has not been able to represent or replicate this performance, we can always remember that it happened. I, I again, um, you know, I'm definitely sorry for taking your song. Uh, okay, I, you know, definitely, I, it's it's I too think, late to apologize. No, I think I think I think it's I found a better a, a better word. Okay. To describe all of this, to describe yeah. Mark Mangino and Obi and this year and everything, and guys, it's just Fergalicious. <laughs> it's Fergalicious. It's hot, hot. I think. Thank God we're done with all of this. <laughs> Fergalicious. This doesn't make you stronger. Before he gets on to, before he starts doing this, guys, hope everyone had a good episode. We'll Come see on, everyone Joe. next time. Big girls don't cry. Peace. Bye. God. Stop. <laughs>